Good evening. Welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Chad. Ushers, could you please prepare for the tithes and offering? You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Gilbert and I were cleaning our courtyard tent. And, you know, one of the things that we love about cleaning the tent is, um, you know, when we start, it's all mildew and it's dirty. But as we go and we start cleaning it up, it starts looking clean and it starts looking brand new. And because the tent's so big, we kind of have to do it section by section. So we do one section and we clean and we wash. Then we move on to the next section. And as we're going, we just see it getting cleaner and cleaner. And then finally when we finish up, we look back and it's white. And the tent just looks brand new. And it reminds me when we gather together as a church. Here at New Hope, we try to reach those far from God one relationship at a time. We serve together. We worship together. We do what we can do here, and God changes the lives. He brings us close. He brings us to him. When we give, our, our, when we give of our tithes and offerings, we lift that up to the Lord. He takes that, and he uses that to further his kingdom. If you're visiting us and here for the first time, we welcome you to receive tonight. If you're visiting us from another church, we want to encourage you to continue tithing at your church. And if this is your church, let's prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you that we get to serve you in the ways that you've given us to. Lord, we just pray in everything that we do that it glorifies you. Lord, we pray that our tithes and offering, as we give it to you, it be used to further your kingdom and reach those that are far from you. We give praise to you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Offers, go ahead. Thank you, Chad. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. How's everybody doing? Good? All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. It's finally October. And uh, it's kind of interesting because I love October because when it's, when it's October, it means that it's almost going to be Thanksgiving. And when it's almost Thanksgiving, it means it's going to be Christmas. And then if it's Christmas, it's going to be New Year's. Holy moly, I just panicked real quick. Hold on. But, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, October, everybody's uh, looking at the decorations and pumpkins and stuff like that. And uh, here's the thing. How many of you have fears? How many have fears? If you're not raising your hand, you're lying, because I know everybody has a fear. See, maybe you have a fear of the dark. Don't worry, we're not going to turn off the lights, I promise. Uh, or maybe you have a fear of clowns. Don't worry, there's not going to be anybody flying out here with a clown mask on. Um, maybe you have a fear of flying. Maybe you have a fear of cockroaches. Or maybe you're like me and you have a fear of flying cockroaches. <laughs> I can't handle. Cockroaches, I can handle. Once those things go airborne, I'm out. I'm out. See you later. I'll let you guys know. But, um... <laughs> But the truth is, while we all might have fears, we all might have different fears, I think that for many of us, we share this one same fear, the fear of failure. I remember the very first Wednesday night message I gave, it was a couple years ago, I don't even think I was a pastor yet, I think I was just, I was in, my, I was in the process of getting my pastor's license, and pastor Sheldon said, hey, hey Ben, uh, I want you to speak on a Wednesday night, and I was like, Okay, by yourself. Huh? 
And so he's like, and I, and I had done tag team messages with Pastor Sheldon, and then he said, no, this one you're going to do on your own. And so uh, I started working on it on Tuesday, the Wednesday before, I mean, the, the Tuesday before that Wednesday. And I was writing, I was trying to work on it. I had a good concept. I was writing, I writing, writing. I, I wrote maybe like a page on the computer. And as I'm writing it, I look at it and I go, I don't like it. So I deleted the whole thing. Comes Wednesday. Wednesday that I'm speaking. Wednesday morning, I wake up early. I, I jump on the computer. I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, I got, I got the title. He gave me the title, okay. Let, I, need a, I, need, I need everything else now. And so I'm like, okay, Lord. I did my devotions. Like, okay, Lord, I'm here. Use me. Anything? Something? A word? Period? And for like, it was like 8 o'clock, nothing. And I'm staring at a blank computer screen. I'm like, Lord, this is the first time I'm speaking alone on a Wednesday night. I don't want to be, a, I don't want to fail. You know, I want to, I want to do great because you are a great God. And so help me. And so eight o'clock comes and there's nothing. 10 o'clock in the morning comes and I maybe wrote maybe two sentences. Lunchtime comes and a paragraph at 1 o'clock, I looked at my short paragraph that I wrote and deleted it because I didn't like it. It didn't make sense. And the thing is, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm going, the day is almost over. And uh, sound check is at, I think it was at 5.15. And so I'm thinking, Lord, I need to have, I, I need to know what am I speaking on by 4 o'clock because I need to get ready, go up to the church, do sound check, and not be nervous one, one bit ever. And three o'clock comes, still nothing. At this point, I did what any pastor would probably have done. I started crying uh, profanely. Like, I was just, ah! Lord, please, come on, give me something. I do not want to look like a loser. I'm, a, I'm already a young person, and I don't, I don't want to look like, I don't want to look dumb. I want to look like I know something about you, Lord. So come on, Lord. It's not even me. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord, it's not even me. It's you, Lord. It's, it's not me. It's you. So come on. And, and so 3 o'clock comes and goes. And by 4 o'clock, still nothing. It's 4 o'clock. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I, I'm not going to lie. I take like an hour to get ready, okay? So I'm like, Lord, it's 4 o'clock. I need to have something anything before I start getting ready and go up to church. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and, I'm gonna try and just get ready and then, and then okay, so I start getting ready, 4.30 comes, nothing. And at this point, to be completely honest, I am panicked beyond belief. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to text Pastor Sheldon, text Bunny, and tell him, I cannot speak. We're going to do a worship night at New Hope Church. Because I, I, I ain't got no message. The Lord is not speaking to me right now. Five o'clock comes. Nothing. And I'm like, Lord, okay. All right. I did everything I could think of. I listened to worship music. I... I, I did my devotions. I kept reading the Bible. I kept, I was looking online for Bible studies I could read. Nothing. So Lord, I guess I'll get ready and I'll go 
Pell Bunny and the Frontlines team, I don't have a message for tonight. So I'm getting ready. I get dressed then. As soon as I get dressed, in five minutes, God says, this is what I want you to speak on. And within 10 minutes, I had four pages written. It was crazy. And I came up to church. I missed the 5.30 deadline for soundtrack. I came up with like after like six, and, 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 I'm, and, and I'm getting like, hey, are you okay? And all this is like, yeah, for real. I, <laughs> trust me when I say I wasn't playing around. I was crying. And all of a sudden, God said, you're, you're, you're not, not going to fail tonight because I'm there. I'm with you. And that was my first time ever speaking on this stage by myself on a Wednesday night. And this morning, I, I thought about it, and I was like, Lord, not on a whole, huh? Not on a whole, right? Not a, not a repeat, right, tonight. And thank the Lord, he said no. Because tonight, we're going to talk about successful failures. Successful failures. You see, if we want to succeed, then we must also be willing to fail. We all want to succeed. I'm pretty sure none of us wakes up in the morning and goes, hey, you know what? I really want to fail today. No. We want to succeed. We want to succeed in life. We want to succeed. But if we want to succeed, we must also be willing to fail. See, many people that have become successful in their lives have had to go through times of failure and setbacks. Walt Disney. Walt Disney was fired from a local newspaper for lacking imagination and having no good ideas. Walt Disney. Bill Gates failed in an early business venture and dropped out of Harvard before starting Microsoft. And now, he's worth over $98 billion. Oprah Winfrey was fired from being a co-anchor, cited by the producer who said she was unfit for television. She is also now worth over $2 billion. You see, there are many people that have made mistakes, had setbacks, and yes, even failed horribly. Even as a disciple, a Christian, even as a pastor, everyone will have their share of failures. Nobody likes to fail, right? Nobody likes to fail. But while we always desire success, failures are also a part of life. Some of the greatest teachers in our lives will come out of the failures we go through. And throughout the Bible, many people experience failures that eventually led to blessings. And we're going to learn from one of them. His name is Peter. And we're going to discover biblical principles that can lead us from simple, simply failures to successful failures. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I love that scripture because what it's saying is, listen, God wants good things for us. But it's in all things. Not just in great times and successful times, but even in times of failure. We're going to need failures to also succeed. And one of the principles that we can learn when we fail is this. Don't stay down. 
don't stay down. Proverbs 24, 16 says it like this. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. See, I love how the scripture says that even the godly will fall, but not stay down. No matter what the failure, we must not let, we might not, we must not let failures keep us down. When we fail, it's okay to take some time and reflect and resolve. But the danger is if we choose to stay down in the failure. And here's the reason why. If we choose to stay down when we fail, we give the enemy an opportunity to keep us down. We all allow Satan to come in and just keep, keep, keep keeping us down. See, it's the opportune time for the enemy to slam us with lies, doubts, and fears. When we stay down in the failure, it no longer becomes something that happened, but rather whom we think we are. See, when we stay down in the failures, when we, when we make mistakes, when we mess up, when we have setbacks and when we fail, if we stay down, what happens is we no longer see it as something that took place. We see it as our identity. That's what happens. When we fail, I mean, think about it. How many times have you done something wrong and you feel like a failure? You're not a failure. It failed, there's a mistake, there's a setback, something happened, but we're not failures. But when we keep ourselves down there, we start taking on the identity of the failure. We mistake our action for our identity. And when we fail, we'll tend to linger in the failure. You see, people who have had successful failures understand that failures are what happens, but not who we are. Working with our youth, the number one thing I always hear them say is, I'm a failure. The number one thing I hear a lot of our youth say is, I'm a failure. And when I ask them, why do you think that? Why do you think you're a failure? In fact, I just had a conversation with, with one of our young people, and, <clears throat> and he was sharing with me that, you know, when I get home, my parents... I can be having the greatest day ever. I can, I can be having great grades. I can have a great day. I can have fun with my friends. I, all these things. I can have the greatest day of my life. And when I come home, my parents tell me I'm worthless. My parents tell me I'm a failure. My parents will say, hey, how can you get this grade in school? Or how come you don't have a job? Or how come you don't have this many friends? You're a failure. And and because they say that, I now think I'm a failure. And it's crazy because I told, I, told his, I told him, can I ask you a question? When you read in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God created mankind, what, would, what did he follow everything with? What is the statement that he followed with? It is good. There was nowhere that, that God said, oops. There was nowhere God said, I made a mistake. And then if you continue to read in Genesis, when, he, when it comes down to how God created us, it doesn't say God created us out of, eh. No, it says God created us in his image. How can we think we're worthless? How can we think we're failures when we're made in the image 
of God. God doesn't fail. And yet, so many times when we fail, we'll take on the identity of failure. So many times when we mess up, we think we're the mess up, not the action. See, the thing is, when we understand that when we mess up, we can also, like, how many of you have ever made a mess? I have kids. How many of you have kids, they've made messes, right? Right? How many times have us as parents cleaned it up? Right? See, messes can be cleaned up. What's so crazy is that so many times we'll think we're the messes and we can't be cleaned up. We think because we mess up, we become mess ups and therefore we can't be redeemed. No. Do not stay down in the mess. See, Peter went through this. Peter, when, when he first met Jesus, when he first met Jesus, this is what took place in Luke 5, verses 1, and, 1 to 7. It says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, also known as Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now I want you to hear what, what Simon says. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. In other words, what Simon Peter is saying to Jesus is, I failed. We spent all last night trying to fish. We came back with nothing, not even a nibble, not even a small guppy. We didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I will let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. You see, when we read this scripture, we see how Peter responds to Jesus. His reaction, his first reaction is based on his failure. He gives Jesus an excuse. Oh, Lord, we were fishing all last night. We didn't get anything. See, right there in that split moment, Peter thinks because he failed, he is now a failure. But then... He hears Jesus, and he, started, he immediately starts to rise above that. He starts to put his hope in Jesus. He's hearing Jesus speaking to the crowds. And he says, but if you say, I'll let the nets down again. And when he does, what happens? Success. You see, while failure can definitely bring us down, it's putting our hope in Jesus that will start to get us out of that funk. It's his hope that rises up within us and reminds us, reminds us of who he is and who we are in him. I love it because after this, this is where Jesus goes, I will make you fisher of men. See, it's so amazing because here's, here's Peter and he thinks he failed. He didn't catch any fish. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, do this. He immediately has success, nets filled with fish to the brim, 
that they actually have to fill two boats. And then Jesus doesn't finish. Jesus isn't done yet. He says, but I'm going to make you fisher of men. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, your failure is not who you are. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. I know who you are. Listen to me. You are not fishermen. You're going to be fisher of men. And what happens is success. You see, it's his hope that rises up within us and reminds us of who who he is and who we are in him. And when we rise up in hope, the next thing is this. Number two, don't stand still. Don't stand still. Uh, one of the games I love playing with our youth, I mean, I loved it when I was high, in, in school. I loved it uh, in high school. I loved it now when we play with our youth. Is this game called Sham Battle. Okay? If you don't know what Sham Battle is, it's dodgeball. Okay? And where you have teams and you have jails. And, you, and the whole idea of the game is where you have to hit people with um, dodgeballs. Right? I love that game. I love playing that in Relentless. You know when the kids act up? Okay, Sham Battle, let's go. Yep. You are going for you right now. But I love Sham Battle. I love playing Sham Battle. I love this game. Because, uh, yeah, one, it's a really good uh, anger management tool. And second, um, no, it's a lot of fun. And so I remember this one time um, because, you know, the kids, they look at me and they're like, oh, Pastor Ben, you're not that good at Sham Battle. In fact, you're a bigger target. And I'm like, don't make me. Don't make me. And then they find out how sneaky Pastor Ben can be. Because a lot of times when you're out, when you get out in jail, right, you get out, you, you, you get saved, your teammate saves you, you come back in, right? I'm the guy right on the side waiting for them to get into the, get into the game. So as soon as they step in, I go, boom, you're out. <laughs> and how many times I hear you go, hey, it's cheating, Pastor Ben. Oh, I thought, I thought you could see me. Huh? Huh? You never see that dodgeball coming your way at all, yeah? Oh. So I remember, I remember this one time, there's this one kid I was trying to get, because all service, he was, he was yapping, oh, yeah, yeah, nobody going out me, nobody going out me, ah, especially not you, Pastor Ben. I was like, you're my number one target, boy. So I remember, uh, so, he, so the whole game, we were going at it, we never got each other out. I was getting mad. I was like, come on, he's in jail. And, and, I, when I'm, and then when I'm in jail, he's free. And so I'm like, okay. And so finally I see he catches the dodgeball in jail. And I can see him coming out. And I have, a, I have that good do- dodgeball in my hand, that, that dodgeball you can squeeze really good. Right? So I'm just waiting. And I'm like, like hey, just stand right there real quick. Hold on. <laughs> Watching him. Uh, <laughs> I see him come in. And he, and he has the ball. And so he throws the ball to out somebody on the other side. As soon as he lets go, I'm like, ha, 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 run out of the shadows. Ah! Boom. Oh, I was like, you know, like Michael Jordan, when he made that game-winning shot, I was like, yeah. What I didn't realize was because I was paying so attention to him, I never see the other kid with the ball. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. no. And I'm like, no. And then we both went to jail. And I forget who won. I think it was my team because my team always wins. But anyway. <laughs> but there's a, there's a thing I love about Sham Battle. And it's this. If you ever played Sham Battle, you know the most unwise decision you can make in that game is to stay still. 
That is the most unwise decision anybody can make playing shambat or dodgeball. It's just, yeah, nobody's going to see me. <laughs> nobody's going to see me, right? No, everybody sees you and you're going to get out. See, it's the same way when it comes to our failures. We can't stand still. See, a lot of times when we make mistakes or we fail, we end up freezing right where we're at. Now, we might be out of the funk, but we're afraid to move forward. We don't want to make the same mistake or end up with the same result. And so we end up standing still. Philippians 3.13 says it like this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. What he's talking about is his goal. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. In other words, he's saying, I'm, I'm not looking back. I'm not staying here. I'm moving forward. See, when we are pursuing the dreams and the goals and the desires that Jesus has for us, there will be times that we fail. And it's in those moments that we can apply what we learned and move, forwards, move forward towards him. Or we can be distracted by our own fears and doubts that we end up standing still. Peter knew this. In fact, in Matthew 14, he talks about it. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out, to the, went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And here comes Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked in the water, and came toward Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You see, it's interesting how the very water that Peter was walking on ended up being the very water he began to sink in. It's because instead of moving forward towards Jesus, Peter stopped. He looked at the waves. He looked at the wind. He stood still. And in that, he began to go under. See, when we walk in our faith, we will be able to stand on the ruins of our past failures and towards the blessings that come from Jesus. See, when we don't stay down and stand still, and we choose to let our hope rise up and move forward in faith, we find ourselves on the Lord's path to success. And as we continue on, the last thing to remember is this. Never give up. Never, ever give up. Second Chronicles 15.7 says it like this. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Galatians 6.9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can I tell you this tonight? The greatest failure, the greatest failure that you and I will ever commit is when we choose to give up. That is going to be the greatest failure you and I can ever commit. Why? Because when we throw in the towel, 
When we say, I'm done, we can't be worked on anymore. See, as long as we keep standing up and moving forward, God can do something with that. But the moment we give up, the moment we say, Lord, I'm done. Lord, I can't do it anymore. Lord, I give up. The moment we do that, God can no longer do do anything else in us. Can't. See, we see this in two of the disciples, one being Peter and the other being Judas. See, Judas betrays Jesus. Peter denies Jesus. Both were friends of Jesus and both men failed Jesus. But the responses, the responses to their failure were different. See, while both were overcome with remorse and guilt, one gave up and he actually took his life. The other would be one that runs to the tomb and would see the empty grave three days later. And when Jesus appears to the disciples, it would be Peter that Jesus approaches. And I love this because for those of us who, who, who don't know what happens, Peter actually, uh, he actually disowns Jesus three times. And this is after Jesus says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And it's so amazing because Jesus knows it's going to happen, knows Peter's going to fail him, and yet still lets him go. And then when Jesus comes back in, and from, the, from the grave and he comes back from the empty tomb and he appears to his disciples and they find themselves eating one morning. And it says this in John 21, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he asked, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And I love this because it says Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, I love this moment. I love this moment right here in the Bible because it defines successful failure. Peter knew. Peter knew he failed Jesus. Peter knew. Peter knew before he even did it he, because Jesus said it to him. When, the, when he actually denied Jesus the third time the rooster crowed, the Bible says that Peter looked at Jesus, was overcome with guilt, and ran away. Peter knew he failed Jesus. He had denied Jesus even though Jesus had already told him what was going to happen. Peter had failed big time. And yet, Jesus asked him, Do you love me? See, it's in the moments that we fail that we must also remember how great the love of Jesus is. He loves us even when we fail. Jesus 
never gives up on us, no matter how huge the failure may be. And he calls us to not give up as well because God's love for us will never fail, even when we do. be completely transparent with you. Uh, <clears throat> there have been many times where I felt like giving up. There are many times where I wanted to throw in the towel. And I remember this one moment. I had hit rock bottom. And every time I hit rock bottom, I thought it's it. I thought, I'm done. I give up. And I can tell you this, that there have been numerous times that I tried to take my life. There's been numerous times where I put a rope around my neck. There's been numerous times where I put a knife to my vein. But there's this one time that I put a gun to my head. And the craziest thing was I knew Jesus. I failed. I failed big. I'd never failed like that ever in my life until that moment. And like I said, when you fail and you stay down in it, you start to think you're a failure. And I thought to myself, I thought to myself, I'm a failure. There's no way. There's no way I can be redeemed. There's no way that, there's no hope. There's none of that. And I remember just thinking, I'm a failure. Make no sense. The easiest way out. And I remember being all alone in that moment. And I remember putting it to my head. And tears running down my eyes because I, I knew. I was like, Lord, I, I can't. I'm done. Failure. I failed you. I failed everybody else. I failed myself. I'm a failure. And I put it. And I wanted to pull the trigger. And I was like, Lord, what good can come from this? What good can come from me now? And I kid you not, finger on the trigger ready to squeeze, ready to accept whatever's going to happen. All of a sudden, I heard, I heard, I'm not done with you yet. Not done with you yet. Right now, you have failed, but you're not a failure. I have, I have a life for you. I have promises for you. But if you do this, if you do this, that's it. Don't you give up right now because I'm not done yet. I'm never done. I haven't given up and I'm not going to. I'm not done.
and tears are rolling down my eyes. I put the gun down and I just, just cried. I cried and 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 I cried. And it's funny because for me, when I first came to know the Lord, I said, Lord, if you're real, prove it. And at that moment, I said, Lord, if you're not done with me yet, if you're not done with me yet, show me. Show me. And almost 10 years later, he still hasn't given up on me. And that's why I can tell you this. When you fail, when you fail, don't give up. God's love for you will never, ever give up. You might think that you're done. You might think that's the end of your story, but you don't even realize that that's just the first page. Don't give up. Because every failure, any failure that we go through, God can turn it into a success. Any failure. See, what I love about Peter the disciple is that he's human, just like you and I. He experienced times of wonder as well as moments of failures. And despite some big blunders and mistakes, he ends up succeeding in fulfilling the calling that Jesus had for him. See, in Matthew 16, 18, it's, Jesus said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I love that because... When we read the story of Peter, there are so many mistakes, so many failures. And the promise that Jesus had for Peter, the promise that he had for Peter that you're going to be the one I build my church on, he saw it to the end. See, tonight, I want to share this with you. God has a purpose and a calling for your life. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to experience hiccups, mistakes, setbacks, and failures along the way. You might be here tonight or maybe you're watching it online and you're thinking, but I have failed. I failed in my marriage. I failed with my kids. I failed with my friends. Or I failed in my finances, my workplace, or in school. You might be thinking, man, I'm a failure because I'm addicted to this or I'm addicted to that. I'm dealing with depression. Or maybe you're still reeling from a past failure. Perhaps you even think that you have ultimately failed God. But again, I tell you, there is no failure that God can't turn into a success. Whatever it may have been, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Don't stay down, don't stand still, and never give up. Because God's not done with you. There's a song that I was listening to this entire day, and I just want to read you the lyrics so that you know that no matter when we fail, every opportunity is an opportunity for success. It's God's not done with you, even with your broken heart and your wounds and your scars. God's not done with you, even when you're lost and it's hard and you've fallen apart. God's not done with you. It's not over. It's only begun. So don't hide. Don't run. Because God's not done 
with you. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? There is no failure that God cannot and will not use. And there is no failure that God says this is too big for me to turn into a success. All we have to do is give it to him. You know, it's interesting how we'll give God all the honor and glory, but when it comes to our failure, so many times we want to hold on to it. So many times you're like, no, Lord, I failed you. I have seen people who have failed in their marriage, failed with their kids, but by the power of our Lord, it didn't stay that way. I've seen people venture out into businesses and, and put money into things and lose it all and thinking that they were done only to find out that God is still writing their story. And I've seen people darkest depths think that they failed the Lord. Do things that horrific and terrible to the point where they thought they were a failure, they wanted to give up. Only to receive the life that Jesus wants for them. You and I are going to fail in life. We are. I already know for a fact that I am going to fail people even those that I love dearly. I know I'm going to fail people in church, in ministry. I know I'm going to fail my family here and there. And I know that there's going to be times I'm going to let the Lord down. But I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to stand still. I'm not going to give up because God's love for us will never fail even when we do. Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for everyone here. Lord, when we look at the failures in our lives, Lord, help us to understand that, Lord, there is no failure that you cannot turn into a success. Because, Lord, you say in your word, Lord, that your will is to take everything and turn it to good. But it starts with us giving it to you. It starts with us having hope, knowing that, Lord, when we fail, we're not going to stay down in it. We're going to rise up because you're calling us. That, Lord, even when we want to beat ourselves up when we fail, Lord, you say you don't need to do that. Just stand up. Rise again. That, Lord, although there's going to be moments where we're afraid because of our past mistakes, because of the, the pain and the hurt that have happened, Lord, you're calling us to move forward towards you. No matter what scary the waves may be, that we won't stand still. Most of all, Lord, 
And no matter what, no matter what, we don't give up. Because you never give up on us. I pray, Lord, for those of us here tonight, Lord, that maybe we feel like we failed in different areas of our lives. Lord, let us remember this one thing. If there's anything that we leave here with, Lord, let us remember that no matter what the failure, no matter how big, you're not done yet in any of it. And so, Lord, we give you our lives. We pray, Lord, for the failures in our lives. Continue to write the story. We give it all to you, Lord. We trust in you. We walk in faith with you. Because of how much you love us. And we love you. Thank you for allowing us to have successful failures. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and never failing us. We pray for all these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen.